This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, today we've got superannuation, a love tap, a year on from Russia's invasion of Ukraine, stone fruit on the barbecue. It's the whole spectrum. It covers a fair few topics. So (laughs) superannuation is, of course, a complicated one. So we've got the light and shade, I reckon. Yeah, that's true. We've got that as far as talking about news. As I said, a bit about uh, that war and a year on from that. And coming up next week, lots of sports. So we'll get into that too. Let's do it. Most click link out of the Squeeze Today email, Claire, this week was emphatic. Maybe our most clicked link ever. Yeah, I reckon it could be the most clicked link in the Squeeze Today newsletter. That happened on Tuesday. Uh, It was the clip of the Prince and Princess of Wales at the BAFTA Awards in London. Uh, That's Kate and William, of course. Of course. Uh, And it was a shot of her giving him a love tap. Which... I've just got to, I guess, explain what that is and we'll go into why we find these stories difficult to talk about on the podcast. Love tap is an affectionate tap. A little touch on the bum. Is it always on the bum? I reckon. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. From (laughs) from the squeeze, it's always on the bum. Um, (laughs) What we sort of talk about in putting the podcast together is that this stuff's really hard to talk about in the podcast. Yeah. So it's one of those examples from ours and how we come to put together what we do each day. Mm. Uh, this one absolutely went off in the newsletter. 5,000 people yeah. checked that one out. Didn't even mention it on the podcast. It's too hard to explain. It's a visual thing. It's a so, visual thing. Yeah. And look, it's hard for Alice and I in the squeeze today to talk about visual stuff successfully. Mm. So we kind of just pocket that and move along. Um, so podcast quizzes, it's just a really good reason to get signed up to the newsletter right now. So the reason we're talking about this is for you to promote the newsletter. Oh, it's fair enough, I reckon. <laughs> if you want to sign up to the Squiz Today newsletter, basically what we've said is that there's different stuff in there. It's not just what's in the podcast. Nicely done. Nicely done. Um, for those who didn't see it, as you said, they were at the BAFTAs. Whether it was deliberate, whether it was accidental, who knows, but public displays of affection from the Royals is always headline news. <laughs> basically. So this was no different. Claire, the biggest story of the week was uh, less clickbaity, I would Mm. say. Mm. It was about comments the Albanese government have made this week about potential changes to superannuation. Bit of a hard going topic, perhaps, but something that obviously we're all involved in. It's definitely a bit hard going. I'm guilty of wincing a bit when these stories rise to the top uh, because you have to stop and digest the information. Mm. It can seem impenetrable, um, including to us who are in the news all the time. But once you do that, you're away. And superannuation, of course, is really important to all of our financial futures. So it's good to be literate in it. It is. So from what the squeeze has told me, what happened this week is Mm. essentially about two things, possibly removing or reducing tax concessions for wealthy people when they invest in super. Mm -hmm. In total, that costs the federal budget $56 billion a year. It is a lot of money. And Treasurer Jim Chalmers uh, has said that with our national finances so squeezed at the moment, it's not necessarily the best use of taxpayer dollars. That's what he said this week. The second thing is maybe, maybe, and this Mm. is maybe, 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 capping the amount you can accumulate in your superannuation account. I heard on the 
radio, someone say about $2 million, mm-hmm. $3 million cap, someone else said a $5 million cap. It's all a bit up in the air. Yeah, totally up in the air. It's a bit of a balloon that the government has floated to see what the reaction is. And again, that just comes down to the favourable tax treatment that superannuation investments receive. So again, just a question about the direction of government funds. You were giving me a window there to talk about balloons again, but I won't go there. Um, of You're course, an expert now. Yeah, I'm an so, expert now. Yeah. This is all political, of course, mm. as everything is. Anthony Albanese promised at the election that he wouldn't touch the way superannuation works. You can hear the coalition rallying the troops for a fight on this one. Yeah, you sure can. Enough about superannuation for a Saturday, I reckon. Let's leave that one there. Kate, you were on parental leave this time last year when news broke that Russia had invaded Ukraine. Mm. I clearly remember with Larissa, we were both hustling to get it into the podcast in the morning uh, because, of course, these events unfolded overnight. And, of course, a lot of big events from that part of the world unfold overnight. So, yeah, it was a real thing that has stuck in my memory. Yeah, I seem to always be on maternity leave when these things happen. When COVID (laughs) happened, when the pandemic hit, I was on maternity leave. Of course, I was sort of nursing my newborn through all of that. Um, I had the squeeze, Claire, to keep me in the loop. Another bit of shameless self-promotion there. (laughs) Um, I've gone back to this time last year and pulled out a line from our email at the time. Yep. It said, Russia is attacking Ukraine from the north, south and east by land, air and sea. It says it's targeting military installations and air bases, but there are reports of civilian casualties casualties as thousands flee to neighbouring countries. It's chilling stuff. Yeah, and that was just 12 hours into it. Mm. So, yeah, it was really shocking. And, of course, there was a few weeks build up too, um, but it was still in everyone's thinking a leap to think that Russian President Vladimir Putin would actually invade Ukraine. Mm. Uh, There was one name, though, that we learned very quickly. That was Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, Since then, we've seen the work that he's done to keep Ukraine at the top of the news and at the top of world leaders' concerns. And his efforts have just been incredible. Yeah, sustaining that across the year is quite something and and onwards, I'm sure. Of course, we had that Biden visit this week. So Mm. um, his work in that regard continues. One thing that struck me in reading about it this week is that it's kind of easy for us, particularly here in Australia, particularly living in the West, to think it's Russia against the world. Mm. It's actually not the case. As it stands, 140 of the 192 members of the United Nations, so a member being a country, have voted to condemn Russia for the invasion. That's not the whole world. No, it's certainly not. And this week we talked a bit more about Russia and China's close relationship. Mm. Of course, we spoke quite a bit last year about their no-limits relationship that they signed. Uh, China's a significant friend to have. It's the world's second largest economy. It's not afraid of upsetting the world order, including the world's biggest economy, the United States. China, the US, we won't do that again. Um, There's, of course, a lot we could say about that. Let's talk a bit more, though, about those 45 to 50 nations that aren't condemning Russia. Some are just staying quiet. They're not saying much either way. But some are benefiting from this period of global turmoil, which is quite interesting thing to to have a look at. Yeah, Yeah. and India is the big one to call out. Uh, Last week it announced that its trade with Russia has grown by 400% since the invasion. Um, South Africa is another. They've become closer to Russia and China in the last year. Uh, And, in fact, their Navy will be engaged in military exercises with both of those countries in the Indian Ocean. That's over this weekend. So there are a couple of big examples. Yeah, there's also countries in the Middle East and Africa, in Asia, in Latin America that are also staying close to Russia. For poor nations, the thinking is it could get them 
discounted Russian oil and mm. military support in the future. I want to focus on India, though, because India is, of course, massive. It's mm. the world's biggest democracy. Many are asking, and I certainly ask this question, I mean, why wouldn't it side with America and Europe? Yeah, and it's a complicated thing to unpick. So just to stay really top level, uh, there's really deep-seated disillusionment with the United States. Uh, The list of grievances is long. It goes back a long way. Um, Of more recent worries, the coronavirus pandemic, Western countries, of course, were locked down. Um, They locked out, of course, many countries as well, and that includes with the vaccine distribution. Um, Donald Trump is another big factor. Um, He was well known for his disdain of Africa, also parts of Asia. All of those things just add up. Yeah, and we were sort of talking about this. You sent me an article by the Washington Post titled A Global Divide on the Ukraine War is Deepening. It talks about all the nuances in different countries' approach to the war. Basically, hashtag it's complicated, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, when you think about it, when you put all those countries who haven't condemned Russia together, they account for about two-thirds of the world's population. Mm. Staggering when you add it all up. Uh, And when it comes to countries supporting Ukraine, only 33 have actually done much about it, uh, including imposing sanctions on Russia and sending military aid to Ukraine. Australia, of course, is one of those nations who have done both of those things. All in all, what those in the know are saying is that this war isn't going away anytime soon. And we'll put a link to that article in your episode notes. Coming up this week from us today, Claire, is a bit of a sports wrap. Good. Um, <laughs> some people might say good. We I know like so. a sports wrap. I love a sports wrap. It's good wrap. to know what's going on, even if you're not into sport. Chances are one of your mates are. Exactly. Um, We had our female cricketers win the semi-final of the T20 World Cup this week. They beat (laughs) classic Claire Woohoo. There we go. They beat (laughs) India, which means they'll play in the final on Monday morning, our time. That's being played in South Africa, Claire, really early in the morning. Not many will be watching it, I imagine. I feel for them. I'd love to watch that, but like midnight into 1am, that's a bit hard. Uh, Who they'll play, we don't actually know yet as we record the podcast. It'll be England or South Africa, but that match this week against India was an absolute ripper. Mm. Elise Perry, as she always does, did amazing things. Ash Gardner was player of the match. And if you follow sport even a little bit, uh, you might know her already, but if you don't, just put her name on the list in your brain of names to remember. Sports people to know. Ash Gardner's a thing. And there was a lot riding on her performance, and I've been dying to talk about this in the podcast, so thank you for indulging (laughs) me. Just for squizzit, she really has. I really have. (laughs) Um, A few weeks back was the inaugural auction of female cricketers for the Indian WPL, that's the Women's Premier League. Ash Gardner was bought for the second highest amount of around half a million bucks. And she's going to earn that amount over three weeks of playing cricket. Three weeks of cricket. So this is groundbreaking stuff for female sport generally, not just cricket. Um, Given she was auctioned off for that second highest price, Mm. there was a lot riding on her performance in this World Cup and Mm. she has delivered. (laughs) Isn't it great? They get plaudits, they get taps on the head to go out and actually do it on the field. Yeah, to actually deliver. It's amazing. So good luck to her. Um, So the women cricketers from Australia are on the up. The men, not so much. Yeah, not so much. (laughs) They've lost the first two tests against India in India. Third test starts this week. It's a depleted team as far as the headlines might tell you. I saw the collapse in their their batting. Yeah, and that was pretty incredible. And then the news just seemed to filter through of 
so-and-so is going home. I know. So-and-so is going home. Like it seems, I don't know who's left. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're not we'll cricket, comment- we're not cricket yeah. commentators, but we know it's a big deal. So, you know, there's that to talk mm. about this week. The other sport thing that starts this week is the NRL season opener on Thursday night, Melbourne Storm versus the Parramatta Eels in Parramatta. Plenty of drama around the start of the mm. season. The players are in disagreement with the NRL on a number of things. We could go into it, but I think that's about all people need to know at this point. Just to even things out as well with the codes, Claire. Yes. Super Super Rugby also starts this weekend. Yeah, Super Rugby Pacific. So it's a very Fiji, Pacific, Pacific? Islands, a specific Australia. specific Pacific thing? Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about arts now. Um, on the arts scene, there's a bit coming up as well towards the end of next week. It's the start of Melbourne Fashion Week. Yep. Um, the Adelaide Festival is on. Yep. Over in WA, it's Cottesloe's Sculpture by the Sea and the Enlightened Festival is on in Canberra. Look, I'm glad that you've got your arms around all of that. I'm just a bit freaked out that next week is the start of March. It's okay. Summer's over. Summer's over. I know that's (laughs) terrible, but it's okay. Let's get into Squeeze Recommends. Claire, Squeeze Recommends this week, for me, it's starting off a bit heavy. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Hashtag sorry. Hashtag sorry. I have a long read from the ABC. John Lyons is their global affairs editor. Yep. He this week released a two-part series titled, it's so heavy, (laughs) but it's titled What Would War with China Look Like for Australia? (sighs) Important to note you're not wishing that on us. No, of course not. But, I mean, it's it's an absolute grabber as far as a headline goes and it is a really great series. So Mm. what he's done in this series is interviewed four Australians who are, in his words, the most experienced military strategists in the country. Yeah. Really informative read on what something like a war with China could look like. That rings a bell with me. I think it's a simple question to say, well, what, like, what? Is it going to happen? Yeah. What would happen if yeah. we did that? So, yeah, a good one to read. Um, it all ties back into something we've mentioned before, which is the reviews into our defence capabilities, which we're going to hear quite a bit about in the coming weeks and mm. months. Um, so, yeah, a good one to be on top of. Changing tone entirely, Great. Annalise. Great, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> Gear change, crunch. <laughs> uh, Annalise, our producer, has told us about Physical 100. It's a South Korean reality competition series on Netflix. I am totally up for it. It has really good reviews. There was a description on BuzzFeed that said, it's a well-made, which you would hope, an entertaining thirst trap. It's held a spot (laughs) among Netflix's most watched shows for a while now. Okay, I'm purely in it for the competition. It's for me, not some shallow opportunity to ogle at the competitors. Right. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. <laughs> we might just I'll leave, leave that, that as there. an open question. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, um, as we were pulling together recommends this week that we got talking about was um, how good a barbecue is. I was a bit shocked that we had to be reminded of this because I barbecue <laughs> Pretty much every night. Everything. Pretty much every night. It's meat (laughs) and veg, meat and salad done on the barbecue. Um, But apparently not for everyone. So just a reminder. And look, Annalise is right. Barbecues are awesome. They are. Um, So there's a salad recommendation. And the trick to it is that you put the nectarines on the barbecue and Mm. grill them a little bit. Delicious. Which sounds delicious. And Mm. stone fruit any which way, I'm there for it. It's burrata as well. So It's burrata as well. Win, win, win. Definitely a good recipe to get into. As always, Links to all of this are in your episode notes and a link to those recipes is always in the Saturday Squeeze email as well. Let's talk about news out of Squeeze HQ now. Squeeze Press Kate. So that's our opportunity to tell you about the things that 
it's happening at Squiz HQ. Uh, top of mind for me is we've had a few team moves. Mm. So uh, we're pretty much like every other workplace in Australia. I think we're juggling remote workers and making sure that we can work collaboratively as a team. Yeah, so Annalise has moved, which is very Annalise heavy. I know. Hi, Annalise. Um, moved from Sydney to Adelaide. Alice, who people know from the Squiz Today podcast, is in Adelaide. Most of our kids' team, so our Squiz mm. kids' team, is in Brizzy, the Gold Coast. Ellen, who works with me in the commercial team, is in Canberra. Claire, you've got a new starter in Melbourne, so we're really just missing what Hobart, Darwin, Perth. Perth. Yeah. Anyway, then we've done. It's not necessarily a name. No, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but look, and we'll introduce you to Alex in the coming weeks coming from Melbourne. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, it's a long way of saying, though, that if you're working for a business, if you're running a business or if you're in a role that involves this hybrid model, uh, it's great. It's challenging. Yeah. Um, but if one of the good things, I think, to come out of COVID, it's that and it's People have got options. Gives people options. I'm wondering if we could talk about that four-day work week now. Oh, yeah. Lara does a four-day week. Who produces Oh, you're actually us. up for it. Yeah. Okay, so I'd like to go to four days. <laughs> we'll take that offline. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Saturday Squeeze as always and we'll be back next week. <laughs>